Bonjour! I am Estelle, your host, and this is Wildlife Conservation Insights, the podcast dedicated to the connections between wildlife and human beings. You want to know more about wildlife, about what's going on, why some species are getting endangered, what are the challenges our world is facing, you want to meet people that dedicate their life to save animal species? You want to be proactive and also participate in species conservation? This podcast is for you. Welcome to Wildlife Conservation Insights. This is episode 5. Today is a very special episode. My guest is Dr. Terry Norton. Terry is one of my mentors and uh, he has been my inspiration for many years. As a vet student, I did several internships with him at the Georgia Sea Turtle Center and also on St. Catherine Island. I learned and I am still learning a lot from him. Terry has trained and is still training generations of veterinarians. Is the reason I did a residency in zoological and aquatic medicine making me understand that everything is possible if you work hard and uh, are passionate? I initially did a residency with the goal of creating a sea turtle uh, and wildlife rehabilitation center back in France. So you see how important the role Dr. Norton has played in my professional life. Terry Norton is a wildlife veterinarian. He became a diplomat of the American College of Zoological Medicine in 1992. Since then, he has provided veterinary care for White Oak Conservation Center, Riverbank Zoo, North Carolina State Zoo, and the Wildlife Conservation Society's St. Catherine's Island Wildlife Survival Center. He developed and implemented the Georgia Wildlife Health Program, which has evaluated the health of many state and federally listed species, included sea turtles, many reptiles, brown, brown pelicans, and marine mammals. He founded the Georgia Sea Turtle Center based on Jekyll Island in Georgia. Beautiful site, amazing place. Not only provided veterinary care for animals of his center, but he also provides veterinary care for the Turtle Survival Alliance, Turtle Survival Center, and also the St. Catherine's Island Foundation programs. Dr. Norton has published numerous articles for referred journals and book chapters. And he has worked around the world on numerous projects, including uh, Bali Minor Reintroduction in Indonesia, Lemur Health Assessment in Madagascar, and Sea Turtle Wildlife Conservation Efforts in Costa Rica. Without further ado, it is my great, great pleasure to welcome my guest, Dr. Terry Norton. Hey, hi, Terry. How are you doing? Hey, Estelle. I'm doing good. How are you? Oh, I'm I'm wonderful. Uh, for me, that's the end of my day right now. It's about uh, 9 p.m. in France, oh. summertime, so yeah, really warm. Yeah, here it's 3 o'clock, and it's really warm, too, and a little bit uh, drizzling rain, but mostly hot, hot days. <laughs> Doesn't cool off much in Georgia. Yes. Is it still as beautiful at, uh, as it used to be? Because it's you, you work in a gorgeous place. Yeah, it's, I mean, 
this area, this part of Georgia and the, on the coast and on the barrier islands is a very special area. A lot of live oak trees and a lot of wildlife. The beaches are, many of them are fairly pristine still. So definitely a beautiful place. Yes, I, I, I know it. And I also know that I, I love, I used to love walking there. It's uh, it's full of energy. You can feel the, the ocean and all the animals. It's a wonderful place to work. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, can can you tell us uh, just a little bit about yourself and uh, and basically how you got into what you're actually doing now? Um, well, I'm a veterinarian, obviously, and uh, um, I went to did my residency at the same place you did at University of Florida. So I yes. got out of vet school and then did an internship in small animal medicine and surgery and then did a residency at University of Florida in zoo and wildlife medicine. And then I worked at several zoos along the way. And then uh, one of the places I started working at was St. Catharines Island, which is a barrier island off of Georgia. And they had an endangered species breeding facility for the was for the wildlife conservation site or the Bronx Zoo, where they had animals there that did not do well in zoo, a zoo setting and wanted to work out techniques for husbandry and and free we had free ranging lemurs there. And so over the years, I became to really love St. Catharines and moved down to this area and eventually became full time on St. Catharines and uh, started looking at uh, local wildlife, doing wildlife health assessments with biologists and. We have a Department of Natural Resources and U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service and, and other universities and looking at animals that wildlife that hadn't been a lot of health related work hadn't been done on. And one of the groups that I was really interested in was sea turtles. And so we started doing health assessments on sea turtles and then realized there was no place for sea turtles to go in Georgia other than out of state if they got ill or injured. And so that became a mission of mine to create a facility that could take those animals and Um, that's where I'm at now at the Georgia Sea Turtle Center, which amazingly it's been since 2007 that we opened. So I started thinking about it in 2001 and it opened in 2007 and then now it's 2021. So, um, years now. That's such an accomplishment. It's wow for having been there and uh, working with you and learning from you. I know this place is just amazing. That's wonderful. Mm. Yeah. So I'm, basically a zoo and wildlife veterinarian and have done both over the years but now the focus is sea turtles we do some birds and we do a lot of other reptiles including all native turtles in georgia and i do consult with other facilities um, the turtle hospital down in marathon and do some field work still but the the bulk of the work is at the georgia sea turtle center on jekyll mm-hmm. you, you also coordinate some research project right yes We have a large uh, project uh, on diamondback terrapins that are a marsh species of turtle that cross the causeway during their breeding season, which is just ending now, but from May to July. Um, when we first started the Sea Turtle Center, we were getting about three to 400 turtles hit uh, by car, and most of them would die. And now we're down to saving about 75% of them. And we're hoping now to build a, a fence along the causeway or part of the causeway where we know the hotspots are based on our research. We know where the turtles come up consistently and where we can have the most impact by putting fencing up. But we've done a variety of different things with that population. But over the years, we've had many, many different research projects on sea turtles and other turtle species, a lot of pharmacokinetic studies where we work out drug dosages mm-hmm. for turtles. and Very, um, very useful, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so that's kind of the short version anyway. 
Yes, you also work. I don't know if it's if it's still ongoing, but also focused uh, part of your research also focused on rattlesnake, if I remember well. Yeah, we we have uh, my main role has been putting transmitters in snakes, but also doing health assessments on some of those, and uh, we still have an ongoing project on Jekyll with uh, rattlesnakes and long-term monitoring of the snakes where they're their spatial ecology, so where they are on the island, and a lot of education, too, to educate to people, you know, that these are very important parts of the ecosystem and not to just, you know, the tendency is just to kill kill the rattlesnake, but uh, to just enjoy them and, and stay away from them because they're not going to hurt you if you don't hurt them. And then so so we know kind of know where they're at and be able to manage them a little better because they're definitely a, a species that most people don't like, but when they see us doing the work, we have a a window in our treatment room so people can see uh, the snakes when we're working with them and um, we can talk to them about their biology and the projects that we're doing and the importance of them in the environment. So that that is one of the other projects and it's... Yeah, it's that's so important. Educate people and educate also young generation in order to know better the species and to, to know how to, to coexist with them, right? Yeah, and that's a big part of what we do here at the Georgia Sea Turtle Center. We have... Uh, one of the big, I think, things that we did that really worked out well was a window into our treatment room from our education gallery. Mm-hmm. And um, that way people can see everything that we do and see the animals, no matter what it is, they can see them. And, you know, if they're hit by a boat or hit by a car and getting emergency care or doing surgery or taking eggs out of our incubator that we're incubating, but just engaging people in that way. Um, so there's a huge amount of education. Then we have a a walkway that goes in between the tanks. It's an elevated walkway so people can see the turtles in their hospital tanks. And it makes a big difference to be able to engage people. Um, it helps with the budget for one thing because we have an admission and a gift shop and that helps pay for what we do. And also just people feel more a part of it. And it's a great way to engage kids. And mm, Yeah, many, absolutely. Many, many kids that are going to be veterinarians or go in the wildlife field because of the Sea Turtle Center. Yeah, because of the Sea Turtle Center, and that's true. It's really a place where you can actually get inspired. Um, That's actually a place where I got inspired when I was still a a vet student, uh, and I I decided to go the same way that you did uh, because of you and and the play and this place that I I really I really appreciate and and love deeply. Yeah, that I think that's amazing uh, what what is being done there and and what you managed to create. Um, yes, uh, so I think you also can have some um, some uh, classes for kids, right? Uh, is it summer yeah, camps have- or is it the uh, yeah, year? We- Sea turtle camp for kids. With COVID, we weren't able to have that, but that will start up again. But that's been very popular. We also have a number of other classes for school groups and kids of all ages. And we also have, uh, you know, for college students, the AmeriCorps program. It's kind of like the Peace Corps, but they come here and they can work in our in rehab or education or our research department or conservation departments on Jekyll. And um, so a lot of different things. And those are all Students that have just graduated mostly, so in their early 20s and trying to find out what they want to do. So it's a great, can be a six month or a year position. And then like you did, we have a vet student program where vet students come and train. And then we have grad, we've had graduate students over the years doing uh, different kinds of research projects. We manage the loggerhead sea turtle population on the island when they come up to nest on Jekyll. And 
so we manage those and have research projects that stem off of that off of that uh, program as well. So be, beside directing the, the center, can you tell us what your daily life look like? Uh, it's mostly dealing with turtles and animals and uh, you never know what's going to come in, but uh, we, we deal with a lot of trauma. So it's, I'd say 75% patient care and, and uh, treatments, diagnostics and surgeries and uh, meetings scattered around the day. But uh, and, you know, we, we have uh, educators on staff that do a lot of education. We have uh, somebody in our treatment room that is an AmeriCorps member. Their their whole job is to hold animals for treatments and for other reasons and um, to talk to the public through the treatment room with a microphone on so people can understand what we're doing and, you know, get a little bit about the natural history of the animal. And But there, this weekend I was out on a boat doing sea turtle captures and doing health assessments uh, on, you know, more population level stuff. So I do get to do that stuff still at times. And, uh, but most of it's being a veterinarian for turtles and uh, mm-hmm. you see birds. Um, it's more limited because we don't really have the facilities to deal with large number of birds, but we do see quite a few raptors or birds of prey and shorebirds and seabirds, pelicans and wading birds, wood storks, things like that. Yeah, that's not, that's not bad at all. <laughs> And also help our local Department of Natural Resources on marine mammal strandings. If we have a, a dolphin or a whale strand, I help them as much as we can. Yeah, I remember that uh, very well. Yes. Mm-hmm. So your 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 job is super varied. You you do yeah. a lot of things, and uh, yes, it's really amazing because this place to me is quite unique because it combines not only. Uh, veterinary or medical care, but also research, education, and you also have a gift shop. So it it gather actually a lot of different skills from people that work there. And uh, it is, as as you said, it is actually becoming more and more popular. And, um, and how, how many patients do you have right now? Mm, I don't even know. Probably maybe 20 sea turtles and probably 20 terrapins and then maybe another 20 other types of turtles and probably five or six birds. Mm-hmm. So probably probably close to 70 patients. Yeah, 70 patients. And this is when it's not during cold stunning period, right? So right. Yeah. The summertime is always busy. Mm-hmm. The other so, thing I do still is uh, go out to St. Catharines. It's only every two weeks now, but we still have oh. lemurs there. That are free ranging, so I um, still take care of those animals as well. Yeah, can you, can you tell us a little bit about your work there now? That now that it, it has changed quite a quite a bit, so yeah, just a little. Somewhat, yeah, it's a barrier island that I told you about that used to have a variety of animals of stock and variety of birds, and then the lemurs were the big thing. And as it's kind of decreased in size and and uh, changed its focus to more just managing the island. There's still ringtail lemurs that are free ranging on the island. So uh, my main role is to take care of those animals. We also have a gopher tortoise population that was um, translocated there. And we've done research over the years on that population and had been releasing a lot of the rehab cases out there where there wasn't a good site for them to go back to. So there was at least a place for gopher. And gopher tortoises are native to Georgia. So it's a it's actually the longest running gopher tortoise population um, relocation project that's been monitored. Mm, they wow. were relocated in 1994 and 
have done extensive research and publications on the population and still still being closely monitored. Yeah. I mean, you really if I if I wanted to to give a definition of your work, I would say that yes, you actually a wildlife vet and you worked a lot to conserve preserve species. So can you tell me what is conservation for you? What is wildlife conservation for you? Yeah, I guess the education is a big part of it, um, but I think it can be any of those. You know, our three pillars are education, research, and rehabilitation. The rehabilitation by itself is more of a humanitarian effort and animal welfare, and it's very important because of that, because you're trying to, there would be no place for these animals to go when they're injured. A lot of times we have to euthanize animals, and that's actually a very important thing as well, so they don't have to suffer. Mm-hmm. Um, but adding that educational component is so critical so people can see what we do, what the animals are going through, use those animals as flagships for the ecosystem, for their species, to um, get kids excited about wildlife, about recycling, about being good to the earth, being and being good to people. We had a, you know, it's not all about just the wildlife or the animals either. We had a young boy that had liver cancer. He was only four years old and It was, uh, you know, he wasn't going to survive, but we ended up naming a turtle after him and he came to the center and then he was able to come to the release and uh, which was on Tybee Island, another barrier island. And he died shortly after um, the turtle was released, but he at least got to see that in his family was very grateful for that. And, uh, you know, it really impacted him. But we we also have other there's a little girl that has come to the center Every year they spend, her family spends at least a week and she'll sit in front of the treatment room window for a whole day and just, she's a little veterinarian. So she's, she's just, uh, you know, just to impact young yes. kids and see them grow up. And another thing that happened was at a One Health symposium at University of Georgia and probably a 20 year old college student came up and she said uh, it was great to hear me talk and to learn from me again because she had been in our sea turtle camp when she was 10. So a decade earlier, she was in sea turtle camp and now she's in vet school. Yeah, that's amazing that's cool. to see the impact that that education can have and that, yeah, because kids know and they they understand everything. And so if you teach them the right way, you actually, that's how you actually have a vocation. You create vocation, you inspire people and, and you create vocation. That's great. I love it. You actually, you, you actually inspired me when I was uh, younger and, uh, and I'm super grateful for that. <laughs> so I just wanted to say that because <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, that was really dear to my heart. So yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. So, so you, Terry, for who inspired you? Because you inspire a lot of people. Your your action, the center, all these people that are involved into because it's really a teamwork. I've been there, so I know it. It's really a teamwork, and everyone knows his task, and everyone work really hard. So this place really inspired people. So you, who inspire you? How how do you get your energy? How do you get your your inspiration well, from? Now I get the energy from seeing people you know, grow with us and seeing the public being engaged and young kids getting engaged in the things that I told you about, those those inspire me. And But the staff, you know, staff and AmeriCorps members and people I interact with inspire me. As a vet student, uh, you know, I had my mentor, Dr. Charles Sedgwick, who was at 
Tufts where I went to vet school and he was kind of my mentor and had been a pioneer in the zoo zoom wildlife field and so having somebody like that kind of like Murray Fowler I didn't know mm-hmm. him as well but Murray Fowler was like the the zoo zoo veterinary god um, wrote a lot of the books and one of the first zoo vets and Chuck Sedwick was the the same and uh, so those kind of those people inspired me to do what I do and for this for developing the center it was just seeing the animals needed a a place to go that were sick and injured. And I didn't even know that it was going to evolve into something like it has. So it's mm-hmm. pretty amazing that, uh, you know, it started out as just wanting to do rehab with these animals and then it evolved into something much, much bigger. So that's an inspiration to seeing how this place has grown and, and how it impacts people. And Yeah. You, you never know. You just, you, you follow your heart and you work hard and you just see what, what will happen. Yeah. Mm. But the animals, the animals inspire me, you know, that's really what and how they affect people. Yes. But it's deep down, it's the animals that, you know, you want to help. And, and also, you know, just seeing good things happen to the earth. I mean, there's so many things that are going wrong. So when there's, when there's good things or people that are trying to develop technology or to help, combat what we're doing to our planet that inspires me yes totally totally agree so we we are going to be close to the end of this episode if you had a a message to deliver to young people to the next generation of maybe future veterinarians or scientists or or artists that want to dedicate their life uh, to animal and um, and the environment and the planet what would you tell them Um, yeah, follow your heart. If you have an idea, don't let people tell you that it's not possible because they definitely, I got that a lot. People thought I was crazy talking about building a rehab center, or doing what I was trying to do. And initially it was just fundraising on my own and um, it wasn't easy at first and it took a lot of effort and a lot of networking and collaboration and blood, sweat and tears. Even once we were had a facility, it was still and still is hard to, to keep mm moving it forward um so but always just work hard follow your heart probably uh, i'm a workaholic so enjoy your life Um, (laughs) i know you are learning learning more about that but uh, a lot of uh, veterinarians especially in the field of wildlife vets or zoo vets are very focused on their job and um, don't always take time for themselves to you know smell the earth smell the fresh air and um, getting outside you know kids Get outside, get off your computers, get into nature, and then help nature. If you want to be a veterinarian, get as much hands-on stuff. It doesn't have to just be veterinary medicine, but uh, as much hands-on stuff with things outside, uh, working with animals, but also working with the environment, anything you can do to to learn more. And always always be learning because that's what keeps you going is new. Try to get new things going and always be striving to stimulated to, yeah to stimulated. do more mm-hmm. and you want if you set your goals high you'll reach some of those goals and you may not reach all of them but uh, it's good <laughs> to set high goals not unrealistic goals but uh, sometimes they're unrealistic but sometimes those unrealistic goals actually come true yeah they they do become realistic i have to say that for me that's a little what a little bit of what happened you actually inspired me and and uh, yes and i did a residency and i and i was able to actually um achieve one of my dreams so which uh, is amazing so yes that's really great 
Can you tell us a uh, last word, something that you want to to stick in people's minds? <laughs> Just be, be a good person. That's the most important thing in life is, is being good to other people and being kind to, to animals and treating the earth with respect. Those are the big, broad things I would leave you with. Wow, thank you, Terry. Thank you so, so much for um, for your time because I know how precious it is and uh, I really, really appreciate that uh, we were able to, to have this little chat and to... And thank you for sharing uh, everything you did. And I know it, it is quite short, but that's really wonderful. Um, if people want to know a little bit more, you, I think you have a website, right? There is a there is a website for the center, yeah. if I am correct. Can you yes. tell us? Um, if you just, uh, it changes all the time, but if you just Google Georgia Sea Turtle Center, you'll, you'll get to it. Okay, yeah, wonderful. Thank you so much, Terry. Yeah, thank have you. A, Have a great day. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Wildlife Conservation Insights podcast. You can find more about myself and the show, including our guests, on estelvet.com. If you like it, share it. Hit subscribe and leave us a review. Each week, I will select a question or a review from you and will present it to the next podcast. Go to estelvet.com for further information and articles to go deeper into each episode. Bye-bye!